Welcome to the Upper Room Podcast. Thank you so much for stopping by. I'm Pastor Carl McLaughlin from Calvary Pentecostal Church in Euless, Texas. We're located in Dallas-Fort Worth, where 8 million call DFW home. Whether you're tuning in to Sunday or Wednesday's message, we pray that you will find words of encouragement. It is our mission to provide a positive and encouraging voice in the midst of uncertainty. I pray that you will be blessed by today's episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Upper Room Podcast. We are so happy you've joined us today. This Wednesday, we were blessed by the ministry of Brother and Sister Sanders, missionaries to Hawaii. He spoke on how, as we continue to seek Christ, we should always act in excellence. What characteristics need to increase in us individually for a revival to increase outwardly? We hope you are encouraged by this episode. If you would turn with me to the second book of Peter. Second Peter, the first chapter. I I think this is probably one of my very favorite and I say that probably about every chapter in the Bible but it's probably one of the most significant chapters in the Bible. Because if I could tell you a guaranteed way that you would be fruitful in your relationship with God and not barren, would you like to know that? If I could tell you a guaranteed way that you would never fall. Would you like to know that? If I could share with you a guaranteed entrance into the everlasting kingdom of God, would you like to know that? I'm going to share that with you tonight. Now, I do not believe in eternal security as in once saved, always saved. But I absolutely believe in a in eternal security. And that is that there is a way that I absolutely can be saved. Amen. So I'll start with verse 1 because the strength of Scripture is in context. Um, and so tonight I'm going to talk about maybe not the entire chapter. We'll see how much time I have. I want you to want me to come back, so I'll try to be nice. And I probably will not preach the everlasting gospel tonight. So. so I'll start with verse 1 and, and then I'll let you be seated. Simon Peter, a servant. Look at somebody say a servant. 
and an apostle of Jesus Christ to them that have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Notice who he wrote this to. Those that have obtained like precious faith. Look at your neighbor and say, that's me. Turn to two people and tell them I'm glad Brother Sanders is preaching to teaching tonight. Thank you. I needed to hear you say that. Thank you. Thank you. You may be seated. Well, let me just save myself from Sister Sanders' comments there for a second. Uh, the first five years we were in the will of Brother Kilgore. <laughs> Brother Kilgore called and he, he, there was more to that conversation. He actually, and he's never said that, I worked with him for seven years and, and uh, we, <laughs> he called and he said, Brother Jonathan, if you leave the islands, you're out of the will of God. Now, I didn't say it quite like that. He said it more like this, Brother Jonathan, if you leave the islands, you're out of the will of God. <laughs> and so I did not leave. And for the first five years, we, we were in the will of Brother Kilgore. And that's how I felt shortly, in, shortly into that, starting our church. He, he, uh, he said, I'll send you $500 a month for you to start a church. And so now $500 a month doesn't go very far when an electric bill is pretty common to be 600 and above a month. And so... A uh, year and a half into it, Sister Sanders and I, with three beautiful, maybe two years into it, three beautiful little girls became homeless. And my daughters would say, Dad, don't say homeless, say houseless. We have a home, we just don't have a house to put it in. And for a year and a half, we did not have a place to live. And uh, we bounced from this hotel, this vacation rental. I'm not telling you that for you to feel sad or a sob story. The opposite's true. I want to encourage someone tonight. Sometimes you go through challenging experiences, but God's got something better for you. And so after, during all of that, we actually bounced over 35 times from this place to that place in a, in a year and a half. Alexis, our oldest daughter, stopped counting at 35. And so um, I told God, I said, if we don't have a house by time school starts for us to have an address for our girls to go to school from, I'm going to take that as, it's, as if it's our sign to leave. My wife said, now, Jonathan, should you be, make that kind of a statement to God? I said, well, I'm just saying. <laughs> I wasn't packing to leave. Everything was already packed. It was in storage. <laughs> we basically had a, a, we started out with a 
backpack apiece, and one of my girls, all her stuff went into the storage, and so we had to get her stuff, and then we ended up with a tub and a backpack apiece in the back of a Suzuki SUV. Now, that's a big SUV. And, uh, and so I, when I told God that, I, I, I wasn't threatening. I just was saying I, I was kind of at a loss as to what was going to happen. And, and so uh, two days before school started, a house opened up for, to, to us, 900 square feet, single panel wall, if you know anything about cows and milk cows. It was an old milk shed. It was not a milk shed, but that's what we would milk our cows in when I was a kid. And so you could drive a nail in your living room and hang a picture on the outside of your house on the same nail. 900 square feet, $1,800 a month. And, uh, and we moved into that house two days before school started. So I took that as the sign, it's not time for us to leave. I'm telling you that, not for you to feel sorry for us, but for you to know that two weeks later, 35 received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. God has always got a better for you. No matter what you're going through, God has got a better for you. Hallelujah. Don't bitter yourself against the challenging times you go through. Amen. Well, Simon... So I had to redeem myself. From, uh, you never know what Sister Sandra's going to say. <laughs> Simon Peter, a servant. I want us to focus for a second on this thing called a servant. He first mentions a servant. It is as if it almost is his priority in making this comment. I am a servant and I happen to be an apostle. Now, in our world today, everybody wants to be the apostle and nobody wants to be the servant. But what we have got to, we have got to understand what basically Peter was saying, I am a servant sent by God. Somebody say praise the Lord. What is an apostle? One who sent. Amen? And so basically Peter was simply saying, I'm the servant of God that is sent to you. Hallelujah. And so it is, it is vital that we remain servants of the Most High and we serve God's people. Amen. He says, I'm writing to those that have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior Jesus Christ. Now I'm going to skip over some things because I want to get to the meat of the message tonight. He says, grace and peace be multiplied unto you. Notice how he addresses us. He says, grace and peace be multiplied. He's not condemning. He's not aggressive in his speech. He's saying, I want the grace of God to be multiplied in your life. 
He doesn't call us rascals. He says, I want grace to be multiplied. And I want peace to be multiplied in your life. And it's going to come through the knowledge of Him. This word knowledge is not how much you can quote the Scriptures. It's your coming to know Him. You're learning to understand Him. you discovering His ways and learning His methods. That's how grace comes. That's how peace comes, through our learning Him. Verse 3 says, According as His divine power hath given unto us some things, a few things, all things that pertain to life and godliness. Everything we need that pertains to life and godliness, He has made it available to us. He has provided it for us. Everything we need, He has given to us. Now let me point something out here. He says, according to His divine power. I believe that divine power is the power of the Holy Ghost. And when you receive the Holy Ghost, God has given you excellently everything you need. But more than just what you need. Because I may need certain things and you may need other things. But He has provided all things that pertain to life and godliness. Everybody say praise the Lord. That's exciting to me. So everything I need, I have access to. That pertains to life and godliness. Now I, I like to simplify the word godliness. I'm just going to say godlikeness. Everything we need to, to be, be like God. Have you ever questioned, can I really live this life that, is, that, that the scriptures are teaching? And, and can I be the godly man or the godly woman? Can I be what God expects me to be? Can I really do this? And, and, and sometimes we feel like it's almost impossible for us to do it. And God is saying, I have given you access to all things that pertain to life and you being like me. Amen. Through the knowledge again of him. This word knowledge is, 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 is awesome because it's not that I already have all the knowledge. It is that it is a pursuit of knowing him. And so we can get frustrated in our walk with God because we feel like that we're walking in dark alleys and we're going through challenging times that we didn't expect to go through. But that's how you learn him. If he was with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fiery furnace, he'll be with me. But when you're going through your fiery furnace, there's still the question mark. Does that make sense? I mean, he was with them, but... I, I'm not Shadrach. <laughs> Amen. And so you learn him. You learn to trust him. You, you, you learn to discover his faithfulness. He says, through the knowledge of him that called us to glory and virtue. 
we have been summoned to His glory, to experience His glory, to live in His glory, and to put on display His glory, to allow it to emanate through our lives. But I want to focus for just a moment on this word, virtue. I always thought that the word virtue was kind of like maybe the virtuous woman or maybe it was holiness and, 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 and that's all good to, to take it there. But I, as simple as I am, I just did a little word study on this word virtue and, and I discovered something totally, quite frankly, mind-blowing to me. The, the word virtue here simply... It's manliness, excellence, and valor. Excellence. He has called us to excellence. We cannot be common Christians. We cannot allow ourselves to be haphazard about our walk with God. He has called us to excellence. I've got to be an excellent pastor. I've got to be an excellent Sunday school teacher. I must be an excellent father. I have got I can't just be a, a, a dad who's not in their life. I have got to be excellent in all things that I do because I have been summoned to put on display His glory and excellence. He said through this, His glory and through His excellence, we are given exceeding great and precious promises. God has given us exceeding great and precious promises. And He's given those promises to us for a reason. That by these you might be partakers of His divine nature. Now I just want to point out, it's the divine nature, not the human nature. <laughs> divine nature is a lot different than our human nature. Our human nature is you say something ugly to me and I punch you in the nose. Right? That's just, that's our nature. It comes natural to me. It's just the way I am. Anybody ever said that? Well, that's just the way I am. Anybody ever said that? Come on. I'm confessing that I have. Help me out. A few of you. All right, let's go here. Has anybody ever heard somebody say that? Well, that's just the way I am. Have you ever noticed you can't say that without shaking your head? It's always, well, that's just the way I am. Isn't that the truth? It's like that cocky comes out all of a sudden. Well, that's just the way I am. Eyebrows raised like this. No nostrils swell out like that. You know, well, that's just the way I am. You get what you see. Let me just tell you something. Jesus died to save you from just the way you am.
He died to save us from the natural man, from what comes natural to me. Aren't you thankful he died to get us out of our sinful, Adamic nature? What would it be like if you went to work tomorrow and the guy you can't stand cusses you out and you act just the way he is instead of just the way you am? No wonder that waitress don't want to come to your church. Because you didn't get the steak the way you wanted it. And you chewed her out. Why? Because that's just the way I am. But what would happen? How many people could we win to the Lord if we laid down just the way I am and what comes natural to me and took on what comes natural to Him? Would you lift your hands and ask God to help me? Help me lay it down right now. My nature. What comes natural to me and take up your nature. Listen to the benefits. You may be seated. Listen to the benefits of the divine nature. He says when you take up the divine nature, you become a partaker of divine nature. You escape the corruption that is in the world through lust. Wow. We're living in a lustful world everywhere. Used to it was, it was only on TV. Used to it was only in the movies. Used to it was, now it's in your pocket. Now it's everywhere. It's in your face. It's in your schoolrooms. It's everywhere in front of you. And then there's the lust, you know, we always talk about sensual lust, but what about the lust for power and influence and position? That's just the way we are. It's human nature. He says, but you can escape the corruption that's in this world by taking on the nature of Jesus Christ. But in order to do that, you've got to lay down the, just the way I am. You're struggling. Struggling with lust, struggling with. Maybe you got to deal with your nature. He's going to help us deal with it. Now, He's given us, excellently giving us, all things that pertain to life and godliness. He's provided them for us. Now he's going to talk to us about some of that. And he says, I provide it and make it available to you. You add it. Watch. He says, beside this, give all diligence. Add to your faith virtue. Uh-oh. Excellence. You can't stop with just a relationship with God. You've got to be excellent in your walk with God. Not perfect. Not without making mistakes. But be excellent in your pursuit 
of God. Now, I'm going to focus on excellence again. When you, when you look at virtue, there's a couple other places that I, I, I want to uh, share with you. If you would turn to, to 1 Peter. No, I'm, I wanna, I'll go there after this. Um, Let's go to Philippians 4 and verse 8. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely. Everybody say lovely. Whatsoever things are good or of a good report, if there be any virtue, and if there be any praise, think on these things. Now, let me just quickly address the word praise. It has nothing to do, it preaches good, but it really has nothing to do with us clapping our hands and worshiping God. Changing the way you think will enable you to praise the Lord a whole lot more effective and worshiping Him. But this word praise here is not us praising Him. It is us being commended by Him or the Apostle. He says, if there's any way that I can commend you or compliment you or praise you and say, good boy, Good job, boy. Atta boy. Atta way. He says, you got to change the way you think. And he says, if there be any virtue, this word virtue is manliness, excellence, and valor. If there's going to be an excellent preacher, you got to change the way you think. If you're going to be an excellent dad, you got to change the way you think. If you're going to be an excellent musician, you got to change the way you think. If there's any excellence in your life, you got to change the natural way of thinking. Am I making sense? Let's take it to one more place. We're going to 1 Peter, the second chapter. Why is this virtue so important that we add? First Peter, the second chapter, verse 9 says, But you, ye, are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people, that you, ye should show forth the praises of him that called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. When you look at the word praises, it is not you clapping your hands and lifting your voice. It, it is, if there be any virtue or excellence. Watch this. He says, let's put that in there. He says, that you should show forth the excellence of him that called you out of darkness. It's the same Greek word 
used three times in the New Testament. The same Greek word for excellence, manliness, and valor. When you put on display His excellence, you are showing the world that the God you are serving is excellent. That's why we can't just live our lives slipshod. That's why we, we've got to focus our attention and add excellence to everything that we do. Notice, excellence does not mean perfect. I'm not saying you won't make a mistake. In fact, the righteous man falls what the Bible says. The righteous man falls not once, not twice, not four times, not five, not even just six times. The righteous man falls seven times and gets up again. Somebody say amen. amen. It's because he's in excellent pursuit of his God that he gets up. Let me just say this. Paul said that I may know him in the fellowship of his suffering. He said, I want to know him in the power of his resurrection. Everybody say, the power of his resurrection. It's interesting that the word resurrection simply means getting up again. So Paul said, I want to know him in the power of getting up again. I want to know His power that will enable me when I stumble and when I fall. I want to know Him in the power of getting up again. Excellence doesn't mean you will never fall. It means you will get up again. Look at somebody and shout to them, just get up. says thank you you may be seated he says he says give all diligence to do this in other words give yourself a very focused attention to make sure you add excellence verse 6 says and to knowledge everybody say knowledge temperance Everybody say temperance. Look at somebody and say, we don't like this. You see, because temperance is self-control. I don't know where people get the concept that, that when you receive the Holy Ghost, all of, all of a sudden God is sitting in heaven with a joystick and you become his little robot thing, you know. <laughs> So we say things like this. Well, if he didn't want me to say it, he would have closed my mouth like the, he closed the mouth of the lions. And so we, we just say whatever we want to say. And we do the things we want to do. And, and Paul says, you got to add some self-control. So control yourself. Look at somebody and say, i got to control myself. 
You see, we're not robots. God is not going to control us. So he says, if you're going to be godly, I have provided everything you need for you to be godly. And one of those things is self-control is available to you. Add it. It's not I'm going to add self-control to you. God's not saying I'm going to, I'm, and I'm not going to control you, God says. In fact, let me just say this. A pastor doesn't have the privilege of controlling you and manipulating you. Our job is not to, to dominate your faith. Paul put it like this, not that we have dominion over your faith. Our job is to help you have joy. Aren't you thankful you got Brother McLaughlin as your pastor? I can tell he helps you have joy. We don't have dominion over your faith. Your job is to add self-control to your life. I got to hurry. Oh, my stars. I'm dismissing right now. I'm trying to dismiss it all. Okay, let me get through this. So I, he says, add temperance to your knowledge and to temperance or your self-control, add patience. And patience is not what we really think it is. Oftentimes we think it's sitting in the car waiting on your wife for 25 minutes and she's still not ready. Yeah, I'm walking in it. Yeah, I'll be sitting in it soon. <laughs> the reality is the word patience is perseverance, endurance. Add perseverance and endurance to your life. So when you come to a place that you messed up, it's not time to quit. Get up again and persevere. Endure the trial of your faith. There's great rewards. There's great benefits when you endure, when you persevere. Perseverance or patience add God-likeness. In other words, discover how God is and you add that to you. And if he wouldn't chew the waitress out, maybe we shouldn't either. Make sense? Enough said. And to godliness... Brotherly kindness. Now, this is an interesting word because brotherly kindness is, is uh, it's, it's actually useful to your brother, not just being nice. Be useful to them, not just polite. I'm, I'm saying not just because you still need to be polite. <laughs> Yeah, well, I'm just giving them constructive criticism, hogwash. 
I don't even believe in constructive criticism. <laughs> criticism tears down. I got a call from my Aunt Bernadine. Do, do you remember Aunt Bernadine? I got a call from my Aunt Bernadine. Oh, Lord, I'm getting close to the hillbilly now. <laughs> but my Aunt Bernadine, after, after her husband passed away, she studied quite extensively Greek and Hebrew and uh, never remarried and, and uh, just went into studying. I got a call from her one day, and she said, she called me Johnny. Oh, Johnny, do you know where we get the word criticism from? And I was so proud of myself. I had just taught a Bible study about criticism. And, and so I, be, just before she had a chance to tell me, I, I went into preacher mode, you know, and I told her my Bible study. And she said, well, that's, that's nice. <laughs> but do you know where we get the, the word criticism from? And I said, well, no, Aunt Bernadine, I guess I don't. And she says, well, Johnny, it comes from the same Greek word as crucify. I'm like, whoa. So when I criticize my brother or my sister, am I, and they are the body of Christ, am I crucifying the body of Christ again? After all, an art critic does not have the privilege of critiquing a piece of art when it's still wet. It's not until the finished product is presented that the art critic has the privilege of saying they should have, they could have. I'm so thankful I'm still a wet canvas. <laughs> Godliness, brotherly kindness or usefulness, and charity. Everybody say charity. 1 Corinthians 13, put your name where it says charity and see how you come through with that. If you, if, you can, if you can read 1 Corinthians 13, put your name where it says charity and, and you don't feel any conviction reading the whole chapter, go ahead and go to heaven. <laughs> go, because you're making all of us feel like we'll never be able to make it. That's your homework. Add these seven things to your life. Listen to the benefits. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that ye shall neither be barren nor unfruitful. If you add these seven things to your life, not just add a little bit. He says, if these things be in you and abound. In other words, you got to have a whole lot of charity. You got to have, it's got to be abundant in your life. You got to have brotherly kindness abounding in your life, godliness abounding in your life. Don't just say, well, I got a little bit. I took on a little bit of his nature. When I feel like it, I, 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 I do his way, but when I don't, I just still do it just the way I am. 
If these things be in, in you and abound, they make you that you shall neither be barren. This word barren is you'll be product, you, you will not be barren. You will be productive in the kingdom of God and in your relationship with God. You want to feel the pews sitting beside you? Add these seven things to your life and you will not be barren. You want to be a soul winner? Add these seven things to your life and you'll be a soul winner. Hallelujah. And you will be fruitful. But he that lacketh these things is blind. In other words, if you don't add these seven things to your life, you are blind. You cannot see afar off. And you have forgotten that you were purged from your old sins. Wherefore, the rather, brethren, and I am closing. You might have someone come to the keys. Just tickle them so I don't forget I'm closing. I have a very short memory. I've had 13 head concussions that I went to the hospital for, and it has affected my, my, my. <laughs> listen, listen. He says, he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off and have forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Wherefore the rather, brother? Oh, I got to back up. Sometimes you, you ever had the pastor call a week of fasting and prayer or? all night prayer and you're like why 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 is he having revival <laughs> you can't understand the things of the spirit because you've not added some things to your life God, that you were purged from your old sin. He saved you from your old nature. Wherefore, the rather, brethren, give diligence. Adding these seven things are eternally significant. He says, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. Do you realize that you receiving the Holy Ghost baptized in Jesus' name that's a great thing and it's awesome and it is it is your it is your birth into the kingdom of God but it won't keep you in the kingdom of God just because you're baptized in Jesus name doesn't mean you will have longevity in your new birth you got to add some things. And if you give diligence, you are making your calling and your election sure. For if you do these things, ye shall never fall. Doesn't mean you won't make a mistake and stumble. It means you will never fall from the grace and mercy of God. You'll be a righteous man that gets up again. Isn't that awesome? You see, we quit when we fall. Paul says, quit ye like men. Why? Because men don't quit. You say, but it's a battle, it's a struggle. Are you fighting 
you're winning. I don't think you heard that. If you're fighting, you're winning. If you're fighting, you're winning. Look at somebody and say, you're a winner. Verse 11, let's stand. That'll help me. Wherefore, I will not be negligent. Oh, I, I skipped. Verse 11, let's go back. For so, an entrance shall be, not might be, or possibly, but an entrance shall be ministered unto you. Everybody say ministered. What's a minister do but serves you? An entrance shall be ministered unto you, not by the hair of your chinny chin chin, but abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Wow. That is eternal security. Aren't you thankful that excellent? God has provided all things that pertain to life and godliness. Now it is ours for the adding. It's just like the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost was poured out on the day of Pentecost. He didn't have to keep pouring it out. It was poured out then. Now it's ours for the receiving. These things that pertain to life and godliness, He's provided for you. It's ours for the adding. Let's give diligence to make our calling and election sure. I'm not getting in heaven by the hair of my chinny chin chin. I'm going to knock the gates off the hinges when I get there. Heaven is going to celebrate when Jonathan Sanders arrives. This is so important. Peter said, this is so important. He says, wherefore, I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things, though you know them. I teach this like three times a year to my church. I add different stuff to it, make it fun, different ways. But He says, I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things, though you know them. Come on, Brother Sanders, we already know that. He says, I'm not going to neglect to remind you. And I'm established in it, Brother Sanders. Well, I'm going to teach you anyway, even though I'm established in it. Verse 13, he repeats himself. Yea, I think it meet as long as I am in this tabernacle to stir you up by putting you in remembrance. So the second time he says, I'm going to remind you and I'm going to remind you. I'm going to stir the pot so you remember again. And then he says, knowing that shortly I must put off this my tabernacle, even as the Lord Jesus Christ hath shown me. Moreover, I will endeavor that ye may be able after my decease 
to have these things always in remembrance. And he did a real good job because about 2,000 years later, we're being reminded again. Why don't you throw your hands up in the air and thank God for his excellent provision. Hallelujah. Thank you so much for listening. Here at CPC, we always enjoy the ministry of guest speakers as we grow better together. If you would like to learn more about upcoming events and other guest speakers, or simply stay connected with the church and podcast, you can visit us at calvaryulis.org or on social media, Facebook and Instagram at Calvary Pentecostal Church. God bless.